Okay, having a little trouble here. My hands are very stiff and very painful tonight, especially around the joints, so I'm having a little trouble. Oh, I hate this. There. You ever have one of those nights where you just can't win for losing? Knows nothing. Andro, please. Now, let's see. How can I put this in the kind, gentle sense where it is intended? Howdy, partners! <laughs> Guess who? Uh, for those of you who are watching on the video platforms, I'll be right with you. Hold on now. Hold on now. Just a second here. I had to go turn on one of the studio lights. <laughs> I forgot to turn it on. I mean... Wouldn't have made that big of a difference in the quality of the vid, but eh, why take the risk? Now then, and now that we have... <sighs> okay. So, let's see here. Uh, yeah. Howdy, folks. All right. Now, I see two of my partners are sitting on the phone lines awaiting. So I'm not going to keep them awaiting. Uh, but maybe one more minute. I need to take a sip of hot chocolate first. Both joining on the phone lines and in the chat room are Mike from Louisiana and Gunslinger from the Lone Star State. Oh, let's see here. Cha-ching, cha-ching. There we go. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. And of course, oh no, say it isn't so. 
Did she disappear on me? Cherokee Rose was watching. Let me double check here. Uh huh. Uh oh. Cherokee Rose. We lost Cherokee Rose watching on, on, on Periscope. Poof. She poofed. Hopefully she'll come back. <laughs> She's a lot of fun. She's a nice person. But anyway, so Peter Navarro, uh, let me pull up that article here. Now, Peter Navarro, uh, honestly, where? Oh, there it is. Don't mind me, folks. I have to move in close to the screen in order to see the the folder that the stories are kept in. Uh, the lettering is very small, so uh, I can't wear my glasses in front of the computer because it blurs up like crazy. So it's kind of a catch-22. Now then, Trump advisor Navarro, six frauds more than sufficient to swing election outcome. Now, according to... This is according. This is a story uh, from Newsmax. White House Trade Advisor Peter Navarro issued a blistering 36-page report Thursday, in which he asserted that voter irregularities and election fraud have been found in more than sufficient quantities to swing the election to President Donald Trump. The Navarro report was titled The Immaculate Deception. How very original. <laughs> Six key dimensions of election irregularities. I, I didn't finish the, the whole title uh, when I kind of said what I said. But the title of it is The Immaculate Deception, Six Key Dimensions of Election Irregularities. And it assesses the fairness and integrity of the 2020 presidential election by examining six dimensions of alleged election irregularities across six key battleground states. Okay? The observed patterns of election irregularities are so consistent across the six battleground states that they suggest a coordinated strategy to, if not steal, the election outright, strategically game the election process in such a way as to stuff the ballot box and unfairly tilt the playing field in favor of the Biden-Harris ticket. This is what Navarro's report alleges. Six voting irregularities reviewed in the report linked up with six battleground states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. The findings aim to bolster the contention by President Trump 
and his legal team that the November 3rd election was marred by widespread for, uh, fraud. Yeah, sorry about that. Trump has refused to concede the race. Excuse me. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, Trump has refused to concede the race, even as the Electoral College affirmed a victory by Joe Biden that's due to be certified by Congress on January 6th. Oh, I got something from One American News that may kind of change that. The six irregularities that are being alleged were outright voter fraud, ballot mishandling, contestable process fouls, equal protection clause violations, voting machine irregularities, significant statistical anomalies. While Democrat Party government, excuse me, sorry, while Democrat Party government officials cheated and gamed the electoral process across all six battleground states, many Republican government officials, from governors and state legislators to judges, did little or nothing to stand in their way. This is according to Navarro's report. Now, the report also hit the media for what was characterized as Sorry, folks. Now the yawns are coming rapid fire, which is not helping me to stay awake. The report also hit the media for what was characterized as an an effort. An effort, God, please, to downplay, mock, or ignore evidence of widespread voter fraud and election fraud. Now, in refusing to investigate a growing number of legitimate grievances, the anti-Trump media and censoring social media are complicit in shielding the American people, the, the American public, sorry, from the truth. And I have to you all again. Now I lost my place. Where was I here? Shit. Oh, this is a dangerous game that simultaneously undermines the credibility of the media and the stability of our political system and republic. Navarro's report rebuked the complicity of the media as a Biden whitewash. Those journalists, pundits, and political leaders now participating in what sorry folks I can't stop yawning let me start that paragraph over again those journalists pundits and political leaders now participating in what was what has become a Biden whitewash should acknowledge the six dimensions of election irregularities and conduct the appropriate investigations to determine the truth about the 2020 election. Shit. 
If this is not done before Inauguration Day, we risk putting into power an illegitimate and illegal president lacking the support of a large segment of the American people. The failure to aggressively and fully investigate the six dimensions of election irregularities assessed in this report is a signal failure not just of our anti-Trump mainstream media and censoring social media, but also of both legislative and judicial branches. Overturning this presidential election is not the only goal of the report, which pointed to failure, excuse me, future elections, and specifically the potentially compromised January 5th Georgia Senate runoffs. If these election irregularities are not fully investigated prior to Inauguration Day and thereby effectively allowed to stand, this nation runs the risk, the very real risk, of never being able to have a fair presidential election again. And with down-ballot Senate races scheduled for January 5th in Georgia, an initial test case of this looming risk, it concluded. Damn it. Trump and his allies have have filed dozens of legal cases with state and federal courts, but to date none have gained significant traction. Claims have been, made, have been rebuffed over a lack of evidence or a lack of standing by the ruling courts to adjudicate the claims. Critics have rebuked Trump for advancing claims of fraud with, insu- with insufficient proof and weakening the electoral process. After the Electoral College backed up a Biden win last this week, some top of Republic, some top Republic, God damn it, some top Republicans called for an end to the challenges and acceptance of the outcome. But Trump has defiantly continued to allege fraud and promise further challenges. Biden is to take office January 20th. Uh, this story was from Newsmax. All right. Let me explain something. All right. Newsmax is calling Biden the president-elect. I didn't think they would do that, given the situation, but they have, and it's not right. One American News does not do that, and will not do that, given the circumstances. All right, guys, you heard what was you heard the report even in between all of my yawns. Uh so Gunslinger, I'll start with you and then I'll grab Mike's comments. So go ahead. Well, you know, it's just um, it's going it's gonna be an interesting role between now and, and January the twentieth. Uh 
I don't see it faring well, okay, at all. Um, they, the evidence is overwhelming, as I, like I've said before. Uh, I hope that President Trump and his legal team has tricks up their sleeves, okay? We'll find out in a couple, three weeks, I guess. <laughs> but until then, I guess it's anybody's game, okay? But we know fairly and in rightful mindset that Trump did win. We know that. I mean, that's, that's obvious. Okay? But it's just these, these media saying that, oh, well, you know, it's he's, he's president, you know, you know, he's, uh, sleepy Joe Biden and all this shit. Well, you know, they're 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 always leaning to the liberal side. They always butter their bread where their butter is, you know, money, because it makes more, you know, more points, more more brownie points to them. Yes, he's he's a president. Yes, we declare him the president. Yes. Oh, see how good we are. Yeah, right. Mike. Well, I mean. You read the story. I watched, there was a video that he he did that, that this guy that this guy uh, that he did talking about it, and he, he took questions from like people from like ABC and the mm-hmm. uh, not the Daily Cost, uh Daily Caller, is it? Uh, a couple of liberal, a lot of liberal places and. I mean, they he basically told them what for and told them what they were doing, number one, and answered their questions and came off looking great doing it. And they came off looking just like what they were, stupid idiots, you know. You know, oh, you did this and this and this. And he, he even mentioned in this uh, video the Crap sack that was the uh, the Russia collusion hoax. And he called it just that, a hoax. And he said, he said in that in this video that basically what he I guess what he said in the article, but uh, basically that this the they can call uh, this a hoax, this voter, this a uh, vote fraud thing, a hoax, all they want. That doesn't mean that it's not. That don't mean it's not a hoax. In fact, in my mind that a lot of times when somebody says something and they say it, they try to say it a lot of times, and the more they say it, that makes the opposite true, right? So they're saying that this vote fraud stuff is a hoax, and they've been saying that for a long time. Well, the more, the longer we go, the further we go, the more it looks like the opposite is true, and the opposite has been true, and everybody knows the opposite is true. It's like that. It's like that that thing that thing with George Costanza on Seinfeld. Don't don't stick with your instincts. Do the opposite. Right. You know. The opposite must be true. So the truth is the truth, and it, and they're not allowing it to set them free. Now, do they believe in freedom? No, they're communists. They're socialists. So that doesn't hold any facts any anyway. But yeah, this this is this is a bombshell deal. This is basically 
Yeah, we're still waiting for the DNI report, for Ratcliffe's report, and we'll, we can get into that later because he's having problems with the CIA that they don't want to let him, you know, release it. But we can get to that. Get, we get in that later, George. But this 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 report by this guy, this particular guy, he's got the numbers, he's got the facts, and he's got the reality. I mean, numbers and the facts equal the reality. And we all know that the Democrats deal with numbers don't lie, but they make them lie, and facts don't mean anything, you know. So so he can say this all he wants. I mean, yeah. We Trump people are going to take it and run with it, right? And take every little word and say, and every little sentence and every little dot and say, yes, yes, yes. I, All this stuff happens, and here's the proof. You know, that don't mean, I mean, here's the deal. They, they keep saying, well, you don't have any proof. What they're talking about is the courts haven't, taking a good look at the proof, you know. If the proof doesn't come out in a court case, in the court, then they say, well, it didn't happen. They can say it didn't happen. So this is this is a big deal. Back to you, George. Well, Mike, let, let's look at this thing from another, from another, from another perspective, too. Okay, I think what you were trying to point out, and I posted, I posted the uh, the comment in the Mixler chat room. Uh, let me <clears throat> just state that this came from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, the man, you know, the the person, the man behind the Sherlock Holmes series of books and so forth. Um, once you eliminate the impossible, let me try again, my. <laughs> I'm so t- no, I'm exhausted. I, I'm really tired tonight. I, I even took a power nap and it didn't help. Thanks to uh, the snowstorm and all the racket outside with the snowblowers constantly running around, I couldn't get a decent power nap in. All right, now it says as it states, once you eliminate the impossible. Whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. So to the Democrats, decrying, you have, you know, where's, this is all BS, it's, you don't have any proof, there's no evidence, yada, yada, yada. They need to remember that in a court of law, evidence is defined in several different ways. And one of those ways are in sworn affidavits. Okay. Numerous people signed affidavits under penalty of perjury and as to what they witnessed. The courts choosing not to do anything with it, however, does not negate the fact that there are sworn affidavits. The video, which, by the way, I have a video 
on rumble.com. In fact, I'm going to, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to show that video. Um, because a lot of folks um, and I need to um, bear with me Um, I'm going to mute this I'll mute the audio and let's see if I can bring it forward here to, to where it starts Now, let me cue this up on, on, I don't believe this. I go to get to, I go to my OBS studio software and it, it, the mouse did a double click and and moved it and, and minimized it. When, when that happens, it freezes up my video broadcast. Shit. Nothing ever goes the way you want it to. And it's throw up Thursday for those of you who are wondering. All right. All right, here goes nothing. All right. Ooh, good size mouse image. I like that. Now, you'll notice... There are four panels of video. This is from the surveillance camera footage at the State Farm Arena. Okay? Now, here's what what makes this very important and very significant. During the course of this, I want you to pay close attention as I now attempt the impossible. I'll have to move that over so I can do this. All right. I'm going to, I got to back up because I kind of, it kind of skipped past it a little bit. Now, I'm going to stop, I'm going to freeze that right there at that point. All right. Oh, in this, in in the upper in the upper right corner video, pay close attention to this table with the black cloth draped over it. Underneath that table are more ballots. This was the night that a woman with blonde braids told everybody we're you know, at 10.30 at night, okay, we're done for the night, everybody's going home, blah, blah, blah. Only to end up, only to end up, guys, a few people staying behind, at least two people pulling these extra ballots out from under the table and counting them. Now this 
by definition, is evidence. All right, now watch carefully. Those of you, if you're, watch, if you're able to watch it on the video platforms, um, you're going to see people milling around, moving around, and watch that upper right corner video. Watch what happens, because eventually you're going to see what looks like suitcase, suitcases on wheels. I have at least a couple of those. So that if I ever get a chance to travel again, I got something to throw some clothes in for traveling purposes. Now watch very closely. I'm going to see if I can advance this again uh, to try and uh, get to that point. All right, now it looks looks like we're getting ready to show some to, 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 for it to happen. Watch this video right here. Watch this table very carefully. Now, for the people on the radio side, unless you're watching on a video platform, you're not going to be able to see what I'm talking about unless I give you the link. Well, I can do that too. Hold on. Pause this for just a minute. What you want to do is advance the video once you get once you open it up to four minutes and fifty advance it to four fifty five. The seventeen minute video, but I'm but I advanced it to to just under five minutes. Just under five minutes in. All right. So fellas, uh, these are this is for the people in the Mixler chat room. That's the link to the Rumble page. All right. Now I'm going to let both of you let me know if you're actually going to, to look at this. Um, and when you've got it up to, you've got it advanced to four, 50, four minutes and 55 seconds. So I've got a second. I'm here as a volunteer. I have a lawyer, but I'm not Also, do me a favor, try to mute the sound I'm on. Gotcha. It's, it's yeah, because it'll bleed over. <laughs> yeah, you want to move it up to 4:55. Once you do, pause it and let me and, and, and just let me know you got it set. Gunslinger, you gonna <clears throat> follow along with the video? Oh yeah. <clears throat> I've cool. seen the video. Right, let me know when... Huh? Got it. I've seen the video. Oh. Go ahead. Yeah, I've got it up. Okay. All right, so put the video in motion. And what you're... As I said, look at the... at the, at the upper right corner of, the, of your screen. Now, you're going to see stuff on top of those tables... And you should see 
very soon people pulling stuff out from under that table and going over to the tables you see there uh, by the windows. And if I'm not mistaken, those windows are the same ones or the same type that people couldn't look in with. Mm-hmm. So, unless they, I, I don't think they've done it yet. But this is this is the, the strange thing about this, right? If they're closing up shop at ten thirty p.m. and they're stopping, they're they're not counting anymore that night. Why does some so many? Why does a few people stay behind now? Did you see the the girl with the yellow shirt? She brought ballots over to that table. She came from in the upper right corner. She came from from the corner of the screen, and brought more over. At this point, the counting was supposed to have stopped. Now, what bothers me about this is this is video evidence. This is evidence of, and I'm dead serious, this is video evidence of voter and or election fraud that the courts would not even bother with, which doesn't make sense. So how how does one how does a judge determine the evidence in a case like this to be not evidence and yet it is can so can you can one of you guys uh, explain that to me because I'm a little confused here when something is presented as evidence in a court of law. I can't imagine a judge dismissing it not as evidence when it clearly shows there's fraud happening right there before your eyes, and it's from a security it's from a security system feed. It had not it was not tampered with in any way. So well, you know it. it yeah, go ahead, uh, Gunslinger, please. Well, it's it's pretty simple that this judge is probably a demo rat judge. You think that they're going to go against their their protocol, their buddy buddy system? No, that judge probably looked at that and said, "Oh no, 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 we're not going. To, no, no, no evidence, no evidence there. These people are corrupt. I mean, you got to realize these judges, and that's including the judges too." They are corrupt as a as a barrel of Texas diamondback rattlesnakes. Okay, because if you can't see that there's something some hanky panky going on in there, and these idiots, these fools, couldn't probably look around and say, "Whoa, look at that camera up there! I better not try anything." 
They're doing it blank right out there, right out there where everybody to see how stupid again can you get. You got a stupid ass judge that can't obviously see his fucking damn big long nose in front of his fucking eyes. And then you got dumbasses like this that are doing this and they don't know what a camera is. Hey, man, I'm telling you, this is exactly why that the American people are getting more and more pissed off this fucked up judicial system. And now with the Supreme Court, the ones that voted, you know, not to hear the case. The other conservatives, they did vote to hear the case. They're the other jack-offs. Liberals, I mean, there you go, liberals. Uh, the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? Good. Well, wasn't it Chief Justice John Roberts who made a comment not too long ago that he 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 would he would that he would not let Trump get reelected? I believe so. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you something right there too. It says a lot right there. All right, let me. I'm gonna switch off of the video here. But uh, I don't know. It, it, it just makes no freaking sense, whatever. And yet the evidence is as clear as the nose uh, is as clear as glass. It's as plain as the nose on my face. Why? Why would it, it just? Somebody got to those judges. I've got that real sinking feeling that somebody got to the judges. You know, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I don't know. You know, well, of course. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Mike. You know, people don't want to hear that this, uh, don't want to talk about the possibility of martial law or something to that effect. But the more this thing goes along and the more, the more he, you know, he gets screwed, uh, Trump gets screwed, and they don't want to hear... They don't want to hear the cases on the merits. All right? The more that happens, the more uh, the more you're going to see um, the, the more likely you're going to see him start to think about I'm going to call martial law and get this thing done. And 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 find out what happened here. We know we know what happened, not, he, right? He can't, he can't, in a situation like this, he cannot use martial law. I don't know who told you told you that he could, but whoever told you that that's a, that's a, that that is a, a tool in his toolbox for this situation is telling you incorrectly. Martial law cannot well, be used for because of voter voter and or election fraud it's just not it's just not it, no it can't happen well essentially if he invokes that executive order that's what it is essentially 
that executive yeah. order I put Again, into the chat room? You cannot, by executive order, impose martial law in a situation like this. But anyway, or something to that effect, because you got you got to understand that they're 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 boxing boxing him into a corner where he wants to get all the information out, and well, through all means and necessary. They're not allowing him to get the information out and get the right result called. If it's if it's crooked judges or if it's just the the media saying, well, because no court has hold, heard heard the audience. There's no the, the whole thing about uh we that that uh that that scene from Police Squad the movie. Uh, with Leslie Nielsen, where he's standing in front of a burning building, saying, nothing to see here, move along, move along, nothing to see here, you know. And that's what they're doing. Every time somebody brings up the evidence, well, did it really happen? Well, yeah, it really happened, because we see it, we can go to the damn videotape and see it happening. All right? Did it? Did the voting machines uh, mess up? Yes, we can see it happening. Did did they kick these guys? Did, did they kick these people out of uh, in Detroit? Yes, we can see it happen. We can see, we can hear it happening. We can see it happening. Did they let them back in? No, they didn't. We can see that happening to, or. Not happening as well, you know. Did they? Uh, did Governor, as I call her, Governor Schitmer, uh not allow the Republican electors to come into the uh, to the thing to voice their vote? Yes, she did. We can see that happening. So everything they've done. I mean, how brazen is it that everything they've done? They've basically done in plain sight. Which is evidence. We can both agree. If somebody does something in plain sight, you know, if you go, if George, uh, if George Sensor goes to your local five and uh, I won't say five and nine, your local convenience store, and sticks them up, and they have a camera there, and the place is well lit, and you draw your gun, and you say, "Give me all your money." And they can see you, and they can see the gun, and they can see you, and they can see what you're wearing, and you're not wearing a mask, or you're not covering your face to obscure yourself from being readily identified. There's your evidence. George Sensor walks into the convenience store. George Sensor has a gun. George Sensor walks up to the counter and says, give me all your money. There's your evidence. All right? That's what we have here. We see the evidence of these guys curing these ballots. We see the evidence of these guys. Even to some extent, you see the evidence of, and I don't know if you have this clip on your Rumble page, of the guy pulling the suitcase out from underneath the table and taking the ballots. It's part of of that surveillance video. Yep. Yeah, so taking it out from underneath the table and 
and moving it to the other table and basically opening it up and taking whatever's in there. And we assume probably rightfully so that what's in that suitcase is, or that coat or whatever it is, is ballots. Is manufactured ballots, right? So there's your evidence. It's right in front of your face. It's right in front of these judges' faces, and they refuse to see it. They refuse to let it be heard in their courts. I mean, crooked. I mean, they're contributing. I don't want to say contributing to treason because it's, you know, because it's that. But, you know, you could probably say that, well, not, well you know, conspiracy to commit treason, whatever. But you could, you could probably have Trump sue John Roberts at some at, at, at a point in terms of suing because he should have heard that they, they should hear the case that you got, you got, you got, you know, Barrett and all these other people, well, the, the conservative side. And look, fucking John Roberts is not a conservative. He's not. He's not a Republican. He's not a conservative. He's a liberal. All right. He's a Democrat. With the R behind his name, he's a liberal. You know, of course, he comes from the bu- he's a bushy, and Bush, the Bushes are you know, somewhat liberal, but that's neither here nor there. John Roberts should should have shut the hell up and heard the case and heard the evidence. You know. Thank you, George. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I have here a clip from One America News that I'm going to play in just a second. I have to make sure I get the right one, though. So bear with me a second. Damn. Almost screwed up that that one. <clears throat> All right, this clip will help to to clarify a few things as far as the president-elect status and all that, and it'll also explain a few things as well. So pay close attention to this clip. I want to get your uh, opinions, guys. So here we go. Where is it? There it is. And here we go. Well, you won't hear it said anywhere anywhere else, but until the joint sessions of Congress and the Senate meet on January 6th, Joe Biden is not the president-elect. When America's Pearson Sharp has more on, President Trump could still be declared the winner. No matter what the mainstream media tells you, Joe Biden is officially not the president-elect. Average Americans see headlines like this everywhere they turn and they lose hope. But there is still reason to hope. No matter what the media says, Joe Biden or Donald Trump or anyone else will not be president-elect until the electoral votes are counted by the joint session of Congress on January 6th. Until that time, and considering the massive scale of voting fraud being reported, 
it is irresponsible for any journalist or news organization to declare that Joe Biden is the undisputed winner. Constitutional lawyer Bruce Fine spoke with One America News, and he said it's quite possible for the joint session of the House and the Senate to reject sufficient electoral votes for Biden. Monday, certification of the ballots means nothing, especially since Republicans in key battleground states also submitted their votes certifying President Trump as the winner. With two sets of electors, state legislators in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, New Mexico, Nevada, and Arizona, the majority of which are controlled by Republicans, by the way, will have to choose which electors to send to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. It's also worth mentioning that last week, a committee met and was tasked with announcing who the official president-elect is. They couldn't do it. Called the Joint Congressional Committee on Inaugural Ceremonies, their first order of business is always to pass a resolution declaring who is the president-elect. But this time, when they put it to a vote who was president-elect, they deadlocked. Three Democrats to three Republicans. This has never happened before. It's the first time in the committee's history that they haven't declared a winner. Furthermore, come January 6th, if one House member and one senator object to the certification, which could be based on the voting fraud or any other reason, then Congress must decide the winner. If they can't come to an agreement, then they must fall back on the 12th Amendment for a contingent election. The vote would then be per senator, with Vice President Mike Pence, as the president of the Senate, being the deciding vote if necessary. The House will also need to vote with only one vote per state, meaning the Republicans will have 30 votes, while the Democrats will only have 20. This is a very real and very possible scenario that we could see unfold this January. And it's not like this hasn't happened before. Democrats scream and shout about how President Trump is not conceding and that's a threat to our democracy. But back in 2016, Democrats were doing the same exact thing. Democrats in the House objected to the electoral votes for Donald Trump in a handful of critical battleground states, including Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Michigan, Texas, Mississippi, and both North and South Carolina, all with the goal of overturning the election. They did it again back in 2005 with Senator Barbara Boxer trying to strike down the electoral votes in Ohio to keep George Bush from winning. So Democrats today have no ground to stand on and accuse anyone of violating the Constitution for doing the same thing they did in the very last election, something that is provided for and made explicit in the Constitution. For all these reasons, and more, One America News will officially not be calling Joe Biden the president-elect. And aside from the Epoch Times, which isn't calling the election yet either, you won't hear that anywhere else. We are the only broadcast news network out there with the integrity to report that this election isn't over. Fox News caved, to no one's surprise, but so did all the other so-called conservative media organizations, including Breitbart and even Newsmax. They've all called the race for Biden, but One America News won't. Until all the mountains of fraud are resolved, this race isn't over, and there must be no doubt 
that we have a president who won honestly and not by stealing the voices of over 75 million Americans. For One American News, I'm Pearson Sharp. Want to see more videos like this? All right. So, you heard what was said? I I think I said this yesterday or day before or something like that. Remember, I said that it, it's probably going to come down to Mike Pence. If this goes like he says it, it might go, which let's hopefully it will. And Mike Pence has the deciding vote. <laughs> Who do you think Mike Pence is going to vote for? Trump. You know that. Okay. Because... If I, I mean, think about it. If I was in his shoe, shoes, and um, they have completely screwed over President Trump for the past four years, these Democrats, crooked bastards, okay. And Trump knows it's all voter fraud. Pence knows it's fucking voter fraud. Hell, the dogs in the backyard over here know their fucking voter fraud was involved. And 70, 75 million people. I guess they're all wrong, huh? And he got 15 million more votes than he did in 2016. I guess those votes are wrong, too. <laughs> so I, this is going to be interesting. I think it's going to swing in his in President Trump's favor because if it comes down to Pence, you know, vice president, and he's buddy-buddy with, with Trump, I'd do it damn right. With all the crooked shit and the underhanded shit that they've done, hell yeah. Karma's a bitch, isn't it? Mike? No, yeah, and, and to further accentuate what he just said, not only is it tense, but from what I'm hearing, we're going to have several people both from the Senate side and the House side stand up and say, we don't like the fact, you know, these electors shouldn't count, you know, because there's, we're contending for this election, and there's fraud. And we know, we know there's fraud, and, and these are, these guys are going to vote for a criminal, a fraudster. You know, to put him in the office, you know, they're going to stand up and, and on the, you know, on the House side is three or four, five, six Republicans. And on the Senate side is people like Rand Paul, uh, Ted Cruz, you know, Mike Lee, you know, the usual, the usual good guy suspects. Yeah, we're not going to get fucking uh, Mitt Romney because he hates Trump because Trump won his election and Mitt Mittens didn't. Couldn't get the job done. You know? Uh, Susan Collins and Murkowski and all these other other idiots. You know, I don't know about them, but I know know those particular guys are going to do something and stand up and say no. We're not going to accept 
these particular elect electors. So that's what I think. I think that's what's going to happen, and and it's likely that other scenario could happen as well, where it's going to come down to Pence, uh, and Pence is Pence is going to say, well, we're not since you're not since we got some contending guys that don't like these particular electors or don't like the fact that there was fraud and you're voting for fraud. We're not going to allow you to do that, and we're going to throw you guys out and pick the Trump electors, you know, and put Trump back in the office. And, and to tell you the truth, I wouldn't at all put it past Pence because think about, think about all, I mean, we know what they've done to Trump, but think about the crap they put Pence through. I mean, making fun of him because he doesn't want to go out with a woman that's not with, without his wife by his side or whatever, and all this stuff. I mean, basically showing conservative values, and and then and it's like, okay, why are you not for? Well, we get why they they don't like that, but why can't they be? live and let live, well, that's not the Democrats, right? That's not the assholes that are, that's not asshole on crack and the rest of, and, 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 and Tupac and Schumer and, 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 um, and, you know, 10, 56,000 drink a day, uh, uh, Pelosi, you know? You know, so that's not going to happen with those people. They can't, they can't afford to let the fraud be found out or be ferreted out and be exposed because they want this. They've been pointing toward this for years, for decades, this type of thing. Now, you can make an argument that they pulled this too soon, but maybe they were getting <clears throat> desperate because they could see that he wasn't going to lose, right? That Trump wasn't going to lose. And they wanted him out, and they wanted him out bad. Back to you, George. Well, he, yeah, they, the Democrats, from the day he came down the escalator, though they didn't know at the time uh, that he would end up being the uh, the uh, Republican candidate in 2016, because there was a there was a field of some 17 uh, Republicans vying for the nomination at the time. But as they started falling by the wayside, one right after the other, the Democrats began to see the writing on the wall, and they they thought, okay, we need to do something. We need to stop him. And whether it was Trump or uh, Rand Paul or Ted Cruz or George Pataki or whoever was running for the nomination at the time, it could have been any one of them. Um, so, you know, it's the fact that they, they, they especially gravitated to, tr- to Trump once he did secure the nomination uh, in 20, for 2016, uh, they, they knew they knew all too well that unless they, they they did something to stop him and 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 so forth, 
Hillary didn't stand a snowball's chance in hell because his popularity was outstanding. Now, as Gunslinger likes to point out all the time about the rallies and stuff, you know, and, and he had the, the numbers far more than, than Hillary did. Now, the, 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 the one thing that I, I, keep, I keep up front is the number of people at the rallies does not equate to the number of votes necessarily. But it is kind of a catalyst in a sense. Um, it gives you a rough idea of how many people are, go- are, are, willing, are going to vote for this person. Um, and, look at, and, and look what happened. He won the election. He, he beat Hillary Clinton out by leaps and bounds. And they didn't like that. In fact, they, to this day, they, the Democrats have not accepted the outcome of that election. And they're not going to. So they've tried everything. We've seen over the, over the first term in office what, they were, what the Democrats were willing to do to get rid of Trump. They impeached him in the, in the House of Representatives, but they, they failed to get their way uh, in the Senate trial. And Chief Justice John Roberts presided over that Senate trial. So for somebody who said, who, who, who said uh, he wasn't going to let Trump get reelected, he sure didn't mind ruling against the Democrats in the Senate trial, because the Senate trial would have meant if if the if if he if the ruling came down that you know that went against Trump, Trump would have been out of office. But everything they had was smoke and mirrors, okay? Just smoke and mirrors. Now, I had to block somebody on Periscope because he was being an obnoxious SOB. And uh, I hope that person's still watching, even though they can't comment anymore, because bottom-lining it, you don't talk about me or my my callers like, like you did, Okay? Nobody here is stupid. We've got brains in our head, far better brain matter than that of any Democrat in Congress or the Senate combined. Trust me. We're not stupid people. Democrats are, however, in thinking that they can get away with election and and or voter fraud. Now, we talk about January 6th. And, and what's going to take place there. Now, in order to contest the vote count, okay, there has a couple of things have to happen. Well, Senate, uh, Senator-elect Tommy Tuberville is set to object to the electoral votes on January 6th. This is according to One American News Network. Now, Senator-elect Tommy Tuberville, a Republican from Alabama, may be joining Republican efforts to challenge the Electoral College vote count on January 6. According to reports on Thursday, Tuberville is likely to join Representative Mo Brooks, also a Republican from Alabama, 
in this effort to push against votes for Joe Biden. When both chambers of Congress meet, Brooks indicated he plans to reject the Electoral College vote submissions from states that from states with flawed election systems. Brooks also noted it is within Congress lawful authority to accept or reject Electoral College submissions from states that are not worthy of their trust. Okay? Although he already has support from within the House, Brooks would need just one senator to officially force both chambers to take a vote on the election. Rumors have circulated that Senator Ted Cruz, Republican from Texas, and Senator Rand Paul, Republican from Kentucky, may join in on these efforts as well, although neither has confirmed these plans. Tuberville stated while in Georgia, we have no choice but to win this election. Don't give up on, don't give up on him, referring to President Trump. If Tuberville does in fact join Brooks in his efforts, he would be in direct opposition of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. On Tuesday, during a private caucus, McConnell warned Republicans not to fight the election results. In addition, the Senate Majority Leader publicly doubled down on his sentiment at a press conference. McConnell stated, for me, I think And I think on the basis of the way the system works, the decision by the Electoral College was determinant. Despite this, in, despite this intimidation from the top, Tuberville's campaign manager asserted he is the right senator to support Brooks. All right. Now, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to uh, refer back to the to, to the um, that that One American News video for just a moment, and I'm going to do this in a way that uh, the audio doesn't bleed over from the broadcast computer because it's a graphic that I need to uh, that I need to look at. So let me. See if I can get to that graphic here. Ah. All right, hold on. So let me I'm gonna pull that that clip back up on the on the clip computer. I want you to listen to what uh, Pearson Sharp said in regards to this. Um, and it has to do with if if it's contested like this, and it has to go to a vote from from within the House, you know, the, the joint session. So let me see. For a contingent election. The vote would then be per senator, with Vice President Mike Pence, as the president of the Senate, being the deciding vote if necessary. 
The House will also need to vote with only one vote per state, meaning the Republicans will have 30 votes while the Democrats will only have 20. This is... All right, I need to wind this back just a little bit further to give the proper context. With Vice President... Furthermore, come January 6th, if one House member and one senator object to the certification, which could be based on the voting fraud or any other reason, then Congress must decide the winner. If they can't come to an agreement, then they must fall back on the 12th Amendment for a contingent election. The vote would then be per senator, with Vice President Mike Pence, as the President of the Senate, being the deciding vote if necessary. The House will also need to vote with only one vote per state, meaning the Republicans will have 30 votes, while the Democrats will only have 20. All right. Now, he brought up the 12th Amendment in that. So, uh, to further stay within context... I'll pull up information on the 12th Amendment. It says here, the electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for president and vice president, one of whom at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. They shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president and in distinct ballots the person who voted for the and in distinct ballots the person voted for as vice president and they shall make distinct lists of all persons voted for as president and vice and all persons voted for as vice president and of the number of votes for each which lists they shall sign and certify and transmit seal to the seat of the government of the United States, directed to the President of the Senate. The President of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate and House of Representatives, open all the certificates, and the votes shall then be counted. I need to increase the size of this because I'm having trouble seeing this clearly. There we go. The person having the greatest number of votes for president shall be the president. If such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed, and if no person have such majority, then from the persons having the highest numbers not exceeding three on the list of those voted for as president, the House of Representatives shall choose immediately, by ballot, the president. But in choosing the president, the votes shall be taken by states. The representation from each state having one vote, a quorum for this purpose shall consist of a member of a member or members from two-thirds of the states. And a majority of all the states shall be necessary to a choice. And if the House of Representatives shall not choose a president whenever the right of choice shall 
devolve upon them before the fourth day of March next following, then the vice president shall act as president as in the case of the death or other constitutional disability of the president. The person having the greatest number of votes as vice president shall be the vice president if such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed, and if no person have a majority, then from the two highest numbers on the list, the Senate shall choose the vice president. A quorum for the purpose shall consist of two-thirds of the whole number of senators, and a majority of the whole number shall be necessary to, to a choice but no person constitutionally ineligible to the office of president shall be eligible to that of vice president of the United States. In a nutshell, it's going to come, if it comes down to this, what you just heard uh, said uh, by Pearson Sharp from One American News, it very well could come down to to, if it comes down to this, President Trump stands a chance of being the president of the United States, and Mike Pence remaining as vice president. Gentlemen, you heard what I, you heard everything. You heard all of this. Now the question I relate to you is, what do you think? Well, you know it's pretty clear. That's what that is, uh, this has probably been Trump's plan all along, because he knows that, you know, he uh, he went up to the Supreme Court. Okay, that was a that was a debacle. Okay, not even started. Okay, so he's going to have to have some tricks up his sleeve, and I think this is one of them. Okay, because if if it goes this way, which I'm looking at, it's more looking like it's going to. Look Look what he said. The vice president will have the deciding vote. Oh, me. Who is vice president? Damn show ain't camel toe. Okay? It's, uh, it's Pence. Okay? So the votes are going to show that Trump won. So Pence will obviously have no choice but to say Donald Trump's a winner. Okay? Based on the votes. There you have it. You know, I mean, uh, how else can it go? I mean, it, I don't think it can go any other way. <laughs> go ahead. No, <laughs> George. Mike, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. I got okay. you. I was okay. I muted myself. Okay. But uh, 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 yeah. I mean, I can't argue with with one American news, and now I can't argue with our Trump. That's right. They're both right. I mean, and look, what you just said. If it's not, it can't. It can only be one of two people being the president. Now, well, if it comes out. It's going to be Trump, but if they find a way to say, well, Trump doesn't deserve it, the only other person that it could be 
is my pet. But that's that's for another argument. But yeah, Trump's gonna. If this is his plan all along to get it into this position and have people stand up and say we can, we're we're putting this into a contingent contingent position. We don't like these votes come from uh, corrupt places, you know, and we. We tried to get relief from the courts, and it didn't work, and and all that stuff. Now he's not gonna say all that, but you know, that's that's in between the lines, and and what he's gonna, what Pence is gonna do, probably end up doing. So, and look, there are some people that say, well, uh, Pence is gonna go. Well, no, he's gonna. Somehow, in, uh, he's going to somehow uh, uh, call call it for Joe Biden and and do that and this that, and the other. The problem is, is, you know what? I think Pence still wants. You know, at one point several years ago, he was an up and coming guy, and possibly going to run for president at one point. He may want to run for president. At some point, and this is a way to get there, right? This is a way to get there. He does the right thing. He keeps on Trump's good side. Trump has a good a good next four years. He Pence might very well be the next guy up. Well, if he he'll be the next guy up. Maybe. I mean, the way I understand it, the way I think I understand it is that. Ted Cruz, yeah, he's going to stand up if uh, he's an opportunist and he thinks he's going to run for president again. But that's that's neither here that's neither here nor there. I think this is this is going to be the play. This is the play, and if it succeeds, oh, are we going to see? Are we going to see them? Uh, the Democrats blow their stack. I mean, they 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 did it. They did it in 2016, but that was just that's gonna. This is gonna make this would make that look like a temper tantrum, you know, which it was. But you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a hundred times worse if this is the play and this play succeeds. Man, this Democrat, the Democrats are gonna go nuts. And we won't be able to have. We, they're not gonna. It's not gonna have enough uh, white coat, uh, straight jacket to put on enough Democrats. You know, just. I mean, just the media alone is gonna go nuts. New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, all these places. They're gonna go absolute batshit crazy. Thank you, George. Well, as as if they haven't gone batshit crazy already, okay? I mean, let's face the reality. They've gone batshit crazy, uh, the media, and they continue to do so. I want to touch on, on one uh, item from this uh, One American News article I read about Tuberville. Tuberville. 
Now it says uh, it says that if Tuberville does in fact join Brooks in his efforts, he would be in direct opposition of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Now, according to this, on Tuesday, during a private caucus, McConnell warned Republicans not to fight the election results. Now, that raises a very big question for me. If you're going to sit there and tell Republicans not to fight the election results, are are you saying that the election there was no election fraud that that there was that that the evidence presented the affidavits that were that were signed as evidence don't matter what is going through Mitch McConnell's mind this is i mean what has he gone what has he gone the way of the liberal though i doubt it but I think the man is the man is not thinking with all oars in the water. Am I the only one that that, that sees this? That he's that he's going that he's just going to kowtow and capitulate? That he's actually expecting Senate Republicans to and and, and congressional Republicans alike to capitulate to this election? I know there are a few Republicans that say he, that President Trump should concede, but I mean this is ridiculous. Any thoughts well, on this? It's pretty clear that he he got he got uh, cooking with a full bitch. <clears throat> He's not even cooking in the kitchen. He's cooking somewhere else, not in the kitchen. What would make him think that? I mean, why? Why? I mean, has he has he totally lost his mind? I you know that's. When you, when he, he knows that he can see that voter fraud, I mean the, the man ain't stupid. Okay, he's been there a long time. He's seen many elections, and if you can't see voter fraud as much as what the way that his, his level of experience is in that, right up there, right in the middle of it. Okay, all these decades, uh, ye gad. Maybe you should be, uh, uh, you know, putting the old six-gun up there and hanging it up on the wall there, uh, there bud, uh, you know, because you ain't, you ain't, you ain't, uh, you ain't uh, hitting on all six. Go ahead. Mike, any thoughts on, on what I brought up? You know, maybe we talk about, we talk about uh, Joe Biden and his, and his mental problems and his cognitive decline, right? Well, maybe, I don't know, probably doesn't work this way, but maybe uh, Mitch McConnell has caught what Joe Biden has. Because he has to know that he's not going to be able to control Ted Cruz. He's not going to be able to control Rand Paul. He's not going to be able to control Mike Lee, you know. And those are the three main guys in the Senate right now that they're talking about uh, standing up in the Senate. Now, in the House, there there's probably 10, 12, 15 guys, but those are three guys in the Senate that's mainly in the Senate. I think Mo Brooks, I think Mo Brooks is a House guy, isn't he? George, he's a he's a he's a congressman in the House of Representatives. Yes. 
Right. So, so you, 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 what, this, they, what they need is one senator work. and one congressman to do that, to, do, to, to contest the uh, Electoral College vote. Right. So if you got those three guys in the Senate that are going to do this, that's going to give the House uh, and those uh, Mo Brooks and uh, Coverville and a few others in the House, that's going to be enough. That's going to be enough to throw this over to Mike Pence and say, hey, here you go, you know. Well, you, you know, the, the, what, what it comes down to is if there's a tie, I believe it, 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 the reason Pence, as president of the Senate, uh, would, would be casting the deciding vote is in the event of a tie. That's where Mike Pence is most needed, to break the tie. As president of the Senate, that's what he does. So my guess, and it's just a guess on my part, that if it comes down to a tie, Pence casts the deciding vote. At which point, like Pearson Sharp said, Trump wins. But only time will tell as to what, what will be on that deal. And speaking of the of that deal, Georgia the Georgia Secretary of State announced announces statewide ballot audit. Now check this out, everybody. Georgia's Secretary of State has relented and announced a statewide signature matching effort for the November election. President Donald Trump's campaign claimed voter fraud and has requested that Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger order such an audit since the election ended. Signatures for absentee ballots in all of Georgia's 159 counties will be reviewed. This is per the Washington Times. Raffensperger announcement came less than three weeks before the January 5th Georgia U.S. Senate runoff election for both seats in the upper chamber. The election will determine which party will hold a Senate majority. The University of Georgia will partner with the Secretary's office to analyze a random sampling of signatures from each county for mail-in ballots during the November election, a Thursday press release said. The audit is expected to wrap up in two weeks. We are confident that elections in Georgia are secure, reliable, and effective, Mr. Raffensperger said. Despite endless lawsuits and wild allegations from Washington, D.C. pundits, we have seen no actual evidence of widespread voter fraud, though we are investigating all credible reports. Nonetheless, we look forward to working with the University of Georgia on this signature match review to further instill confidence in Georgia's voting systems. 
the state already was auditing signatures for mail-in ballots in Cobb County and Atlanta suburb. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation is helping with that effort. The Trump campaign claimed that Cobb County did not properly conduct signature match in June. Jordan Fuchs, Georgia's Deputy Secretary of State, said, after the countywide audit, we will look at the entire state. We will look at the entire election to make sure signature match was executed properly. Georgia was among several battleground states accused of widespread voter fraud centering on mail-in ballots by President Trump. The president lost the state by 0.2% or 11,779 votes. That's what that's what this report says. All right, guys, talk to me. Well, at least we know one thing. Pressure works, you know. The guy got put under pressure to do this, this Raffensperger or whatever, Raffensperger. He, he's he been under pressure, and now he's going to do this. Now, will it, will it yield anything? I think it's likely that it might yield something, you know, because... I mean, look, dead people voting and people that don't live in the state voting and people that voting for other people, you know, and, you know, everybody's signature is unique, right? And if you, if I try to sign and go vote as George Sender, they're going to know. All right, because my signature, my handwriting is different from George Sinzer's, just like it's different from, well, uh, well, it's not guns, uh, Mark Ashcraft, and like it's different from Cherokee Rose, you know, and like it's different from anybody, you know. Everybody's signature is different. You can tell, you know, and especially if, you're trying to sign for a dead person, right? That dead person, well, can't dispute it, but the family can. So it's like if you're trying to signature match for a dead person, and, well, there you go. But, again, I can't go vote as George Senator. They're going to know, you know, and they should rightfully know. If I go to my local polling place and I sign my name, George Sinzer, you know, they're going to know. They're going to know it's not you. They're going to know because all they got to do is go and look on the voter rolls and see that there is no such, uh, there, there is no such person in this uh, voting precinct named by that name. All right? And they're going to say, okay, then if there's no such person, who's just signing this guy's name? And they're going to come after me, and they're likely 
going to throw me in jail for doing that, right? And rightfully so. So that's that's what's that's the that's the play there to match these illegal voters' names, well, and try and see who's illegal and who's not, and that's the play. And rightfully so. If they didn't do that, then they, they skipped the step, and they just went and said, "We're gonna." We're going to certify this election, right? So that's what's happening. Back to you, George. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if if I'm if if, if someone's if someone's trying to uh, sign my name in, in in another state, one, I would have to be registered in that state. Now, the question becomes. How did I get registered in a state I don't even live in? That would be number one. And number two, most important of all, how did they get my information? Okay? They would have to they would have to have my, my name, they would have to have my birth date. Uh, in some cases I believe uh, social security records w- would be invoked. Uh, US Postal Service information would come to play. So a lot of things could be challenged in that. And if they're not challenged and the, and the vote is allowed to stand, well, guess what? How does, how does George Sinzer vote in New York where he actually lives and also vote in Louisiana where he doesn't live? See, there's 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 a huge conflict there, and that's where the voter fraud comes. That's where voter fraud comes out. Somebody fraudulently used my name, my information, to register me in that state, and when 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 the cards are dealt on the table. The one that's going to have the winning hand is going to be law enforcement because they're going to be going after the person who made out that fraudulent uh, voter registration and signed that name. And I think I think this likely, fellas, and 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 follow with me on this. I think it's very likely that all of these all of the allegations that President Trump has made. Uh, that evidence has has proved has has bore out in this situation that courts did not look at, and that still bothers me to no end. That still pisses me off that these judges refused blatantly to look at the evidence being presented. Came right out and said, one judge came right out and said, "I'm not going to look at this." Really. So you're you're going to dismiss out of hand affidavits signed by eyewitnesses, okay, of the of of the uh, uh, you know of the of what happened in the vote count room and so forth. You're going to just dismiss those affidavits. Are you now saying, is that judge saying without actually saying the words that these people committed 
uh, perjury? No, because then it would mean those people would have to be arrested. Obviously, those people weren't arrested. So now the big question comes to, comes to mind. What is the, the, the reason for a judge or any judge to just blatantly say, not going to look at this, Look at the surveillance video. When the guys pull those, those, those suitcases out from underneath the table and start counting the ballots that are contained in them, how is that not election fraud? When they told everyone they were done counting for the night at 10.30, just a short time later, when everybody's gone, all of a sudden, the ballots come out from under a table and they start counting them? How is that not election fraud? So for a judge to blatantly just dismiss it out of hand, like I said before, I got a sneaking suspicion somebody got to them. That's just a, you know, that's just a, that's just a, a, a gut suspicion on my part. I can't prove it. Obviously, but you know, they, there's an old saying eventually it all comes out in the wash. So, well, the problem with it coming out in the wash is that if it can't, it's got to come out in the wash as fast as possible. Because you know if he gets in there, if if he gets in there, it's going to disappear. You know, if uh, if Biden gets in there, it's going to disappear. You know that, right? So oh, yeah, it's got to come. It's got to come out as fast as possible. Well. I'm going to switch gears here from politics, kind of, for just a moment. Kind of yes, kind of no. But according to thefederalist.com, partitioning Smithsonian museums by race is anti-American and evil. That's what this headline from The Federalist reads. Check this out, fellas. I think you're going to find this most curious. Senator Mike Lee took on fellow Republicans and the corporate Democrat press last week by blocking a bill that aims to establish a Smithsonian Museum focused on Americans who identify, get this, as Latino. Senator John Cornyn, Republican from Texas, and Senator Bob Menendez, Democrat from New Jersey, are co-sponsors of the legislation, along with 234 House Democrats and 61 House Republicans. So Democrats are just stuffing the measure as an earmark into the current budget omnibus monstrosity. And Mike has left for the night. He uh, didn't even say goodnight or nothing like that. Thanks a lot, Mike. Nice, nice talking to you too, pal. 
Yeah, I hate when he does that. It's rude. Now, Republicans and Democrats passed a similar bill through the House in February for a Smithsonian Museum of Women's History. Both of these initiatives are confusing because the Smithsonian's are already stuffed full of identity politics. A jog through their halls will uncover to anyone that they bend over backwards to feature anyone besides white males, even if their work is not equal in stature, quality, or importance. Recall the last Smithsonian news cycle was driven by it claiming in education materials that hard work, politeness, the nuclear family, and self-reliance are inherently white concepts. Really? Like every American institution, these have been destroyed from within by a refusal to say no to social justice warriors. Social justice warriors don't need any new museums. They already control nearly all the ones that currently exist. More museums for today's politically favored marketing profiles is not just a redundant idea. They are anti-American and morally wrong because they further the popular racism of today's leftist identity politics. And it is long past time for Republicans to get woke on this issue and realize that identity politics is a deadly weapon against their own voters and our country as a whole. Let's understand something right at the the outset. Native American history is American history. Women's history is American history. Latino American history is American history. These are all part of our national story and should be understood in that context. Like creating no whites allowed student unions, classes, therapy sessions, and dorms on college campuses, balkanizing American institutions such as the Smithsonian into artificial and politically weaponized ethnic identities is racist and deeply dangerous. This is not merely an attempt to celebrate certain groups. It is as it is pitched to the gullible, but an overt attempt to divide our country. We live in an era where people are picked for a president's cabinet and vice president, not to mention scholarships, media positions, CEOs of companies, government contracts, special legal protection, and college entrance, due specifically to the color of their skin. This institutional racism is morally wrong and deeply harmful to both the country and the people trivialized by this tokenization of their appearance and ancestry. Just because it is more often happening to a mostly different-looking group of people today than in some other times is no justification for racism of any kind ever. 
this overt rejection of our founding creed that all members of the human race are created equal, today's translation as men meant man, humankind at the time of the Declaration. But identity politics has ruined this understanding. Identity politics is a re, re, repudiation of American ideals. It revives the same separate but equal tannered that our nation rightly rejected when it changed in response to the original civil rights movement and when it incorporated at our founding. I should not have to remind Americans that treating people differently based on their race led to a civil war. But given that half of Americans have no idea when the civil war happened, it seems likely many members of Congress are clueless about what's at stake with this issue. Well, they need to get up to speed fast. They are playing with fire here. Anyone with a lick of common sense can see other problems with this proposal. It seems everybody is aware we are a nation of immigrants. So let's put two and two together. If we start making one for every possible demographic tranche, then the, the potential Smithsonian museums are endless. For one, as the recent election results highlighted, Latinos are not a monolith, not at all. Cubans and Puerto Ricans and Mexicans have extremely different histories and cultures. It's not too far a stretch to say that the term Latino is functionally useless except to, to politicians whipping people into gerrymandering groups to manipulate votes, to group them all under the breezy heading of Latino is ignorant to the point of being offensive. Thanks to our beautiful diversity of ancestry and intermarriage in the United States, the potential racial divisions among future Smithsonian museums are endless. Will we have a museum of Scottish Americans, of Creole Americans, of Japanese Americans? What about of Han Chinese Americans, thus leaving out Mongol Chinese Americans, and many more? Or Jamaican Americans versus Kenyan Americans versus slave descendants? If you pick just one, you slight all the others. Maybe that's the goal for people who make a living from building Smithsonian buildings, but I, for one, don't believe they deserve a lifetime public censure, signature at the expense of national harmony. Regardless if you think clearly for one second and know anything at all about different parts of the, of the world, and despite 70 years of multiculturalism, multiculturalism blah, easy for me to say, controlling public school curricula, most Americans do not. 
you'd see racially separatist Smithsonians are simple-minded pandering in the guise of genteel culture. This gets it. This gets into even more trouble with the proposed sex-segregated Smithsonian about women. This is an idea from the 1970s, because right now half the country doesn't believe that women means that woman means anything. Just watch 4chan to retroactively declare that George Washington was gender fluid and start a White House petition to have him featured in this museum. It might sound funny, but this proposal is indistinguishable from today's feminist scholarship. Even those who think treating people differently based on their appearance is not racism should be concerned about separate but equal Smithsonian museums for different racial groups and both sexes. Research finds that emphasizing our differences instead of what unites us increases racism in a society. Nothing is more certain to provoke increased expression of racial, racial intolerance than the likes of multicultural education, bilingual policies, and non-assimilation, writes Princeton University professor Karen Stenner in her book, Length Work, on authoritarian politics. Other, more recent work on so-called anti-bias and cultural race theory, identity politics find this mode of communication and arranging our national life also heightens the contradictions between outward appearances, thus increasing racism. This stuff is bad, 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 and needs to be stopped, not gain a new outpost. Everyone should be able to agree that we don't need more racism in America. On that basis alone, this proposal should be dead on arrival in Congress, rather than endorsed by several hundred elected officials. Their advocacy may be the strongest evidence yet for today's hard-left claim that America is institutionally racist. Now, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I've never been to the Smithsonian. Hell, I've never been because the Smithsonian's in D.C., as far as I know. But I've never been to the Smithsonian Institute. I've never been to their museum. I've never uh, had, the, had the pleasure of, of checking it out. But that doesn't mean that I am going to sit here and see politicians weaponize the Smithsonian in a clearly racist, sexist, and potentially harmful direction. You know, I've said this so many times on this broadcast, and Gunslinger, you'll, I, I know you've heard me say this more than once, that we're all members of the same race, the human race. We 
when it comes to, to the male population, we all have the same basic body parts, okay? Brain, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, tongue, heart, liver, kidney, spleen. And for us guys, our genitalia is not too, not too different, obviously, when it comes to the fact that we, that we have uh, a baseball and two bats, to put it comically uh, careful. <laughs> and believe me, I try to be very cautious on this broadcast when it comes to that. Uh, don't want to have women going, oh, he had to go there. I don't want it. I don't want them to get up, get mad at me. You know. Well, and of course, when let me say this. Women, let me say this real fast. If there's any hot young babes out there who want to play ball, give me a call. Go ahead. <laughs> Leave it to Gunslinger. Leave it to Gunslinger to come up with. Uh, all right, Gun. Okay. God, that would. Oh man, that was good. I, okay. Uh, yeah. Just, just remember, ladies, you heard it from Gunslinger. Now, in my, in my, in my defense, I don't care if you're a blonde, a brunette, or a redhead. Okay, I'll take all three. You know why? Because I don't discriminate against women who are blonde, brunette, or redhead. If you're drop dead gorgeous, guess what? Hair color don't mean shit to me. Now, having said that, however, <laughs> thanks a lot, God. You broke, you backed me into a corner with that one. <laughs> uh, but let's let's bottom line this: dividing the museums into social class, racial class, uh, what whatever the case may be, is wrong, and it will always be wrong. All right, because like I said, we're members of the same race, the human race, and like I was starting to say before, Gunslinger kind of threw that curveball in there. <laughs> Good one, I might add. When it comes to the women, of course, all women have the same basic parts too. Heart, liver, kidneys, brain, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, the whole bit. And the genitalia is not too far removed. All women have the same basic genitalia. Okay? Having said that, now let me point something else out. In our, when our blood is inside the body, it's actually blue. Most people don't know that. I didn't know that. When 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 I go to draw blood for my diabetic uh, sugar test in the morning, okay. When it's coming out of my finger, it turns red. Well, guess what? 
same for Gunslinger. It's the same for Mike. It's the same for every single man, woman, and child in America. We all bleed the same color. It's blue before it comes out and red when it does. Because as soon as the blood hits the air, that's when it changes color. So guess what? Got a little surprise for you, America. We're still members of the same race, the human race. And when we all actually sit down and, and truly believe that, not just up in our heads, but in our hearts, just imagine the kind of world we could have. And all this business of race would be pretty much moot. We could end racial disparities. We could end racial discriminations. We could end all the racial bullshit, period. If we just learn to accept that we are all members of the same race, the human race. I don't give a flying fuck if you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, or pink with purple polka dots. If you're a human being, your skin color doesn't mean shit to me. You know, over the over the years we've heard about Black Lives Matter. And more recent and in more recent events, even prior to the pandemic. Now, Gunslinger, I, I, I got to ask you, okay, what's it going to take to convince the American people at large of what I just said regarding being members of, of one race, the human race? What would it take to convince people finally that all this racial bigotry and bullshit could stop tomorrow if they just accepted the fact that we're all human beings? And that the skin color doesn't mean jack shit. Go ahead. Well, I, you know, it until what you just described is is a utopian society. Okay, everybody gets along. Nobody, everybody sits around singing kumbaya. You know the whole nine yards. Okay. Unfortunately, that's a good idea, you know, but I wouldn't hold your breath on it ever happening, at least not for a very, very, very long time, okay? And the reason that it's not, well, I say never, but for a very, very long time it's not going to happen is that as long as there's people out there that has and as long as there's people out there that has not, that's not going to change, all right? You see these people on the street. You see these criminals out here. Look at the article that I just put in the chat room earlier. Uh, this homeowner shot four fucking people, killed two of them. For what? Home invasion. The the man should be awarded a reward for gunning down two scumbags. He should have got all four of them. Okay? Until that changes, that situation right there all across America, from sea to shining sea until criminals stop being criminals and go out there and get a decent job and support themselves instead of criminality 
instead of the dope heads, the drug addicts, the crackheads going out there and stealing and becoming criminals to further their habit until that changes and they're no longer that type of situation. They go out and get them a good, you know, honest job that can support themselves and be a productive member of society. That ain't going to ever change, okay? You see it's all across the country. Criminals killing people left and right, Antifa, you know, Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah, bullshit. Yeah, bullshit on that. Okay? When you are the ones that are the most racist. No, it's not us. You are, okay? Uh, uh, doing what they do, what they did in Seattle and in, in Portland and all these other places all over the fucking country. Uh, the cops uh, putting a fucking knee on that black dude, okay, uh, killing him until that stops. Is that going to stop? Probably not. Is it going to be less? Maybe. Maybe. With proper training. Okay? And then these fucking fools out here want to go out there and defund the fucking police and all this shit. <laughs> Boy, if that was to happen, uh, you ever heard of the days of the old Wild Wild West? Uh, 70% of this population probably in the, in the United States would not survive very long. Okay? Because the people that are not pussies, okay, would be gunning down these idiots. They'd be going out hunting. <laughs> and I ain't talking about deer hunting. Okay? This shit would end. Okay? But is that going to happen? I don't know. But until something close to it does... And these idiots control their hoodlums, and that's exactly what they are. Look at uh, New York. Uh, you got the areas called, I think it's the Bronx or whatever. Probably one of the most deadliest fucking places on the face of the earth. There's probably war zones that are more safer than some areas of the Bronx. And that's goes for Chicago, uh, L.A., any place for that matter. Why do you think I carry a fucking gun? Because of these people like that. I didn't have to worry about these people like that, maybe coming in here and robbing home invasion and all that shit. My gun would be probably over here in my desk. I probably wouldn't have to wear it. But unfortunately, I do. And that's just a plain, simple fact. Well, I just found out uh, recently, because one of my neighbors... works in Peekskill. I'm not going to say where he works. Um, out of respect to him and, for his, and of course, for his safety. Um, there have been at least six shootings in my hometown close to each other. Okay? My hometown has become more dangerous in the last year no, I take that back. It's actually been, I'm going to go so far as to say since uh, the current mayor took office, period. Violence began to go on the rise in my hometown at, at the drop of a hat. Now, mayor Andre Rainey, who happens to be, uh, you know, I'm going to say it, he, he is black, you know, and I've got nothing against him. As far as you know, I, I I'm not going. I'm not racist. I don't give a shit that he whether he, whether he, that he's black. That doesn't mean shit to me. 
It's the policies he's enacted because he's a Democrat. A lot of what he's done with his fellow Democrats on the council has made Peekskill far less safe than when I lived there way back years ago. I left Peekskill in two, in around around 2002, early late 2002. Okay. I've been out of peak skill. Here it is, what, 18 years later? 18 years I've been out of peak skill. And people are, a lot of my friends that are still, that are still living there keep wondering if I'll ever come back. After hearing this, and by the way, three of those shootings were, were kids. And if I heard my neighbor right, it was over COVID. Now, I'm going to put this to you. If my hometown has become that dangerous to to live in, do you honestly think I want to move back there? If the opportunity presented itself tomorrow and somebody said, hey, George, listen, uh, there's an agency here in Westchester that will help you just like the agency up there does, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. You know what I tell them? Thanks, but no thanks. I'll pass. Peak skills too dangerous to live in. And I encourage my friends who still live there, my family too, get the hell out of peak skill. It's more dangerous now than it's ever been in decades. So just imagine, Gunslinger, you know, Man, want, for years I wanted to go back to my hometown. I, want, I actually did want to move back. But guess what? If kids can be shot over COVID, if I heard my neighbor right, if people can be shot for any reason or no reason at all, by thugs that don't give a fuck, and when I say thugs, I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking criminals. And I don't give a fuck if they're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, or pink with purple polka dots. If they're, if they're willing to stab you, shoot you, hit you over the head with a baseball bat, a two-by-four, if they're willing to try and kill you, they're thugs. They're criminals. You know what? I moved into where I live back in June. And approximately three blocks away, give or take, two months into living here, my neighborhood watch app spit out about a sh- spit out the information about a shooting that took place just three blocks away. When I lived at my previous address. I didn't hear anything about about stuff that close to me. I'm beginning to wonder just how just how safe any of us are that close to a to a shooting location. There's a, a an area of of, of, the, of where I live called the East West Arterial. 
there were several shootings along that area. And that's only five, uh, five blocks away, or at least. That's too close to home for me. So I'm very cautious when I go out. But again, I, have to, I can't stress this enough. If it's my time to go, and I get and I get my head blown off. Well, you know what? There ain't much I can do about it because I'd be dead. But I'm not going to tempt fate, as the saying goes. I'm not going to tempt fate. You know what I'm saying, Gunslinger? Go ahead. Well, yeah. I mean, nobody nobody likes to do that. But like I said, I've said this a zillion times. You know, people out there. They're crazy. They're getting crazier. Okay. Um, they'll they'll slit your throat for a fucking dime. Okay. Uh, it's not getting any better. <laughs> okay. Uh, I you know that's that's why I carry a gun. <laughs> I got it on my side right now. Okay. Fully loaded, oiled up, lubed up, and ready for them missiles to launch if needed. Okay. I don't like to do that. I mean. Of course, I've always been around guns my entire life. Hell, you know, uh, ever since I was born, I was around, I was around guns. Okay, uh, but you know, and what do you what do you think the Second Amendment's all about? It's not about hunting, fishing, target shooting, all that shit. It's about the, you know, against a government that won't control these animals. Okay, and you know what President Trump said? He called them animals. Okay, I'm not the well. I am calling them animals too. Okay, because of, you got to hit the nail on the head, and President Trump did hit the hit the nail on the head by calling these people animals. They're infesting the you know the big cities: New York, Chicago, L.A. Even in even up there in Dallas, they got some bad neighborhoods that you know hell cops won't a single cop won't go into them fucking places unless there are five or six of them. Okay, and two cops per per car. Okay, hmm. uh, even out here in this rural county that I live in now. Okay, um, you know when I got a couple of things stolen from here a couple of years ago, the sheriff, two sheriff deputies that were sitting or standing out here in the driveway, told me, "Yes, because all these damn crackheads and, and dopeheads around here." <laughs> and I'm saying, "Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you damn right." So. This is, you know, it's not just in big cities anymore. This is, you know, out in rural areas like where I'm at, okay? So, you know, you have to protect yourself. You have to do something, whether you like it or not. These people do exist. They will only exist as far as I know, okay? And they're not going to say, well, can uh, can I have your stuff? Okay, please. No, they're gonna pull a gun out and fucking. I'll, you give me your stuff, or I'm gonna shoot your ass. Okay, that's the mentality of these people. Look at the prison system. Look at the prison system in this fucking country. I hate to say it, but ninety percent of them are black. Okay, why? Because do they live in these ghetto inner cities? Yeah. Do they are so uneducated that they can't get a job? Yeah. Are they so stupid that they go out and steal and and, and rob and sell drugs 
Well, I've seen them. I've seen them dope deals up here in, in the streets of Dallas when I was a security officer, patrol security officer, right there, blatant in front. And that's God damn. That was back eighty four, eighty five. While I was doing going to electronic school, so that was back then. They were just openly doing it on, on the street corner. No biggie. Oh, yeah. You know, like how you doing? Yeah, right. So it's it's everywhere, and it's not. Is that getting any better? No, it's not getting any better. So that's why you need to be armed and armed and armed, and you need to know how to use it in case a situation ever comes. In case a situation ever comes through your door or tries to come through your door, anyway, uh, you know how to you know take the garbage out. Go ahead. Well, that's that's why you know I'm, I, to this day I am still grateful to Mike from the, from here in New York uh, for helping me to obtain uh, the rifle I have because sitting here in the house and now being closer to where the action is happening, you know I want to make sure that I that I'm well protected. I, I, I want to make sure I have the protection necessary. So if they come through, if somebody comes through that door that don't belong here. Guess what? They're going to be they're going to be met with the they'll be met with a business end, and given one stern statement: leave or else. And I guarantee I'll have a, I'll have I'll have it ready to ready to rock in, in a matter of seconds because I'll have, I'll be aiming to take out the trash. Because I am not about ready to die for some stupid asshole. I don't give a fuck whether they're black, white, Asian, or Hispanic, or pink with purple polka dots. You come through my door, you go out a different way. That's all there is to it. And I'd rather die trying to protect, to, to, to save my home and my life, to save my life and protect my home than to be a victim and, and be and be shot without any means of defense. Does that help me when I'm on the street? No. And I can thank Governor Fuckhead for that one. But let's face the reality. If it wasn't for Mike, I wouldn't have the I wouldn't have that weapon. I wouldn't have that rifle now. And I will always be grateful to him for that. He put the money up initially, and I paid him back for it. I made sure that he got the money back. Every month I sent him, I sent him money, documented it accordingly. I made sure that I, 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 I paid back the man who, who was kind enough to help me. You know? There isn't a day that goes by that, that, that he is not missed on this broadcast. I'll tell you something. I wish to God he'd, he'd come back and, and at least, or at least try to come back. Because I look at it this way. I still consider him a friend. I still consider him a friend and a damn good one, both he and his wife. How many how many people how many friends do you know if you were in my position 
and you were looking to buy a, buy a, a, a gun for the first time, how many people do you know would have done the same for you that Mike did for me? I can count them on one hand. Well, I can count them on one hand with one finger. And it ain't the middle finger either. But I can count them on one hand with one finger. And that's Mike. He was kind enough to help me. And like I said, I'll be I will be forever grateful, whether he knows it or not. I don't know what the problem is that he left he stopped coming here. But whatever the problem is, I would hope that he he would be willing to talk to me off air see if we can't straighten out whatever it is. I make that statement openly right here on the show. Same thing with Boyd. I don't know why he stopped coming. Kind of miss the old, uh, old Alaskan you know But one day they may come back. Who knows? But let's get one thing straight as far as this goes. We live in a society that is prone to violence. And sometimes takes men and women of good conscience to stand up and say enough's enough now gunslinger brought up an article that I, that I want to I want to read here uh, this this article is from the truth about guns.com the headline from this article reads armed homeowner fights off four home invaders shoots all of them Kills too. The truth about guns. Let me put out a cigarette before I try and read this. Because one, I was almost done with it, and two, I would have had to have stopped to put it out anyway. Yes, everyone could use some good news these days. Today it comes from near New Orleans, where a man defended his home and and four-year-old little girl against four masked home invaders. When the smoke cleared, he shot all four of them, killing two. Sadly, his little girl was wounded in the attack, but she's expected to live. According to neighbors, Several dozen emergency vehicles responded. Those same neighbors felt great angst when they heard that the little girl was wounded. They expressed great relief when they learned that she did well in surgery and will likely survive. 
here. Arrest warrant. This is, uh, I'm guessing, a tweet that was put out. Arrest warrants issued for two suspects for two suspects accused in Lacombe home invasion. This is this was put out by Fox 8 News New Orleans. St. Tamani Sheriff's deputies are investigating a double homicide in Lacombe in which two of four of the armed intruders were killed. The homeowner's four-year-old daughter was also struck by a bullet in the crossfire. It is a tight-knit community here on Palmer Drive where everyone is either related or has known each other for years, and many are stunned by what happened here on Tuesday. Police say four armed intruders entered the home at the end of Palmer Drive at around 10 a.m., and all four wound up being shot by the homeowner, leaving two of them dead. The St. Tammany Coroner's Office has identified the deceased as 25-year-old Renard Causey Jr. and 21-year-old Justin Hill of Hammond. The homeowner's four-year-old daughter was also apparently struck in the crossfire. A relative tells us that the homeowner may have been pistol-whipped before he fired at the intruders. Neighbors say they waited 24 hours to learn about the shooting. The homeowner was pistol-whipped before fighting back. Seems like the prescription for that is home carry. It's hard to pistol-whip an armed individual. We wish the little girl a full and speedy recovery. And my hopes and prayers for that little girl to recover quickly. Gunslinger, you know, when I read stories like this, you know, and especially where a child is, you know, a child is uh, caught in the crossfire, you know, sometimes you hear of the, of the tragic results of that. And thank God uh, this child is going to be okay by all indications. But this is, the, this is the world we live in. This is the world we are, are, are saddled with, where people like these four thugs decided they were going to home invade what? Because they wanted to steal his money, steal his TV. <laughs> I mean, God only knows what they were there to do. But thank God the man was armed. And he fought back. You know, sometimes people hear of home invasions and they're like, oh, well, if the homeowner didn't have a gun, that wouldn't have happened. (laughs) Bullshit. Bullshit. See that I mean, that's the kind of people. I was just gonna say. I mean, that's that's just the kind of stupidity that that you that I sometimes hear. So, anyway, go ahead, Gun. You know, that's, you know, that's the same thing that you know if, if about these gun-free zones. If there are no guns in gun-free zones, and nobody gets shot, right? 
<laughs> How's that one working out for you? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's just mm. like I said. It seems like it says here. It seems like the prescription for that is home carry. Well, yeah, that's what I do. I home carry. Okay, you know, just like I'm sitting here at my desk right now. Okay, from where my desk is in the living room, the kitchen is. I'm looking at the kitchen, but there, but the front door is between my desk and the kitchen. Okay, because I'm looking at the, at the front door right there. But if I'm up in the kitchen and I might have, I might have took my gun all out of my holster and laid it over here on the table by the desk. And if some somebody might have wanting to do a you know a little home invasion or or a knock knock to see if anybody's home, guess what? I'm up there, my gun's down here, and the door is be- between me and my gun. Not a good situation. That's why you got to keep it on you all the time. I mean, you got to keep it on you where you can put your fingers on it within seconds. Because just like nine one one, seconds matter in a situation like that. Okay. Even though right now I went out there a while ago and locked, made sure the gate was shut and locked, and you know, even I got I got bob wire on the fucking gate out there. Okay, between the, the other fence and the trailer here, there's bob wire on the fucking fence. They can't get into the back because there's dogs back there. Two dogs are outside, but they could jump over the other fence over here and come in. Okay, I mean, so you got to put up self defense thing. You got to put up to make sure that they try to stay away. Okay, I walk around out here when I'm sitting out there on the deck when it's nice and warm out there. I have my gun on. And if anybody's walking up, I walk out there to get the mail at the mailbox. I have my gun on where everybody can see, where the world can see. You fuck with me? <laughs> okay, the last motherfucker you fuck with. Okay, but you got to do that. Yeah, you, you got a nice, you got a nice little Sunday surprise for him. Yeah, I got a little, little Sunday surprise for him. You have to fight fire with fire. You cannot bring a knife to a gunfight. The person that's holding the knife is a stupid motherfucker, and the person holding the gun, he's a smart motherfucker, okay, because he's got a gun, okay? A gun goes over a, a knife any day of the week. Uh, and it's hard to pistol whip. There it is. It's hard to pistol whip an armed individual. Yeah, remember what I've always said, that I will not let a, a potential violent person within 10 feet of me. If you step within ten feet of me and you're in a you're you're you know, showing violent tendencies, cussing, raising hell, throwing your hands around, you know, got something in your hand, maybe a brick, maybe a board, whatever, tree a tree limb, I mean whatever. That's violent. And under Texas law, well, unfortunately, yeah, you have a right to use deadly force. Okay. It's I hate to do it, I'd hate to do something like that, but it's, it's I I'm gonna I'm gonna walk back in my house. That person's going to go to the morgue. That's plain and simple. You know, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do to protect yourself. That's what it comes down to. Um, remember all those doctors who uh, came out and, and spoke out about the inflated numbers regarding the COVID-19 deaths, how they said that they were told, uh, you know, if a person dies of a heart attack, they died from COVID, or if they died of cancer or a stroke or whatever, whatever it was that, uh, that, that, did, that was the cause of death, 
No. You put down the cause of death as being COVID-19. And you don't hear much about that these days because, you know, the liberal media kind of puts a kibosh on it, calling it conspiracy theory and all this shit. And that, that's not true and so forth. But when you've got doctor after doctor, medical professional after medical professional in multiple hospitals in multiple states saying the same thing, there's got to be something to it. Well, it all comes down to money. That's what it came down to because the hospitals were getting money. The more COVID deaths they got, the more they got money. Well, apparently a coroner in Colorado is slamming COVID-19, the COVID-19 death data and saying it's inflated. This is coming from a coroner in Colorado. Now check this out. As the number of coronavirus deaths continue to grow, one coroner said many of the deaths listed are actually not from COVID-19 at all. Brenda Bach, a coroner in Grand County, Colorado, said her jurisdiction lists five coronavirus deaths. However, as Bach tells One America News, what the data does not reveal is that two of the, two of the victims actually died of gunshot wounds. They were actually gunshot wounds, Bach stated of the deaths. The people had tested earlier in the month for COVID, and because they did, because they did have COVID, our state health department is listing them as coronavirus deaths. She added, "It's absurd. It is absurd. These cases are listed as such." Bach also noted, "Inflating the data will only hurt communities." by driving away visitors and instilling fear in residents. When you start jacking up the numbers for death rates, Bach said, they're going to start closing counties down. Bach mentioned this isn't just a statewide issue. I think this is something that happened nationwide, the Grand County Coroner stated. I have heard back from coroners in other counties that they're doing the same thing, even with motor vehicle accidents. She noted if patients had been tested for coronavirus within 30 days of their death, the county lists them as COVID-19 deaths. Misreporting a person's cause of death can bring up challenges for the victim's families. As Bach explained, it can change the amount their life insurance provider is obligated to pay to the victim's spouse and or children. If you die of a motor vehicle accident, that's considered an accident. But a COVID death is considered a natural death. This is according to the coroner, uh, Ms. Bach. If you have a life insurance policy that pays double for an accident, but when it is classified as a COVID death, now you have attorneys and insurance companies disputing the deaths. In the 
meantime, states across the country are mis are excuse me are reimposing lockdown orders by citing a rising number of coronavirus cases. Bach urges others in her position to step forward and speak up in hopes of bringing awareness to this issue. I think more coroners just need to step up to the plate, Bach mentioned, and talk about this. Well, uh, Brenda Bach, coroner in Grand County, Colorado, we're talking about it. Why? Because when these inflated numbers, I mean, car accidents, gunshots, are COVID deaths? Did the bullet have a, was the bullet coated in, in coronavirus? Was the automobile covered in COVID-19? I find that very unlikely. But to say that a person died in a car accident, died of COVID, that's a stretch. To say somebody who was shot to death died of COVID when they were shot to death, that's a bit far-fetched to say it was a COVID-19 death. That's why on a couple of broadcasts, I mentioned the fact that, like I just said a moment ago, you had doctors and other medical professionals, you know, sounding the alarm over the fact that hospitals were getting all this money for coronavirus treatment and all this other stuff and saying, if the patient died of anything, you listed as having died of COVID. That's, first of all, that's fraud. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's committing fraud. And like this article said, you know, person dies in a car accident and if the life insurance policy pays double in, double indemnity for you know for having died in a car accident, if the coroner listed it as a COVID nineteen death, it's by definite they define it as a natural death. No double, they don't get double for a natural death. So this whole business of saying no like. All right, I'm going to I'm going to use my brother as an example. I, I don't want to do that, but you know, I'll use my brother as an example. And he died two years ago, long before COVID came out. But let's say he died this year, for the sake of discussion. Let's say he were still with us and he died this year during the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. All right. Now I know what my brother died from. So does my entire family. So does his widow. But let's say for the sake of discussion, he lived right up to the, to the pandemic. Now, my brother died from complications of, from fluid in his lungs and stuff like that. I forget the exact cause now offhand. 
but he was he was he was in an induced coma when he died. All right, so he never came out of that. Let's say that happened today. Oh, William Sins the Third. He died from complications related to pneumonia. No, you have to put down that he died from COVID. I'm sorry. That's dishonest and wrong. And it will always be wrong to list a death in that matter. But do you see the liberal media sounding the alarm over that? Nope. I don't. So, Gunslinger, I got to ask you, man. You heard this. You heard what I just read. What do you think? Well, even when you know people started checking out, I even told you that the numbers—they're not added up. They're just not adding up. Uh, you know, people getting die of gunshot wounds. Oh, that's COVID. Yeah, yeah. That would just like the that's the craziest case of suicide I ever I ever seen. Shot yourself six times, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't believe that one. Just like I don't believe that with the with the you know hyped numbers that they're proclaiming now. Okay. Oh well, you, oh, toe infection. Got of a toe infection. Oh, if it's COVID. Had to be COVID. Yeah, yeah. That that, that damn COVID. I guess it's learning how to shoot now. Oh yeah, he don't COVID COVID suicide right there, yeah. So and all these other quacks out here that are, you know, saying the same thing, you know. Oh, it's 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 the numbers are skyrocketing and all this shit. Actually the numbers are coming down. Okay. Now for this vaccine the final word on that, did you see the article that I put in about that Chicago hospital? A majority of the healthcare workers there refuse to fucking take it. Gee whiz. And these people are in, uh, they work there in a hospital. I don't know, you know, something that's not, that's been rushed through so fucking fast, it'd make the head spin. The most rushed through and the most sudden vaccine in mankind's history. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think. Well, again, let's let's look at the at the vaccine. Yes, it was rushed, but there was when you you have to look at it logically. You really need to look at it logically. All right, President Trump instituted Operation Warp Speed. He knew that that these researchers, that these pharmaceutical companies, could very easily push to get a vaccine test it and test it and test it and when it was found to be at least 95% effective push for the FDA to approve it well they got that there are some folks that are that are first responders and medical professionals that are yes refusing to take it and there's a lot of folks that are saying they won't take it but i am going to ask a really really good question here 
if the vaccine is is 95% effective and it can put a stop to COVID, if you have not been tested for COVID, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I got tested a month ago. And I came up negative for the coronavirus. I came up negative. If the doctor says, if my doctor says to me, George, you can take this vaccine, for you it would be safe to take. Given my high risk factors, diabetes, high blood pressure, my age, my weight. Yes, I'm a fat bastard, okay? But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk my life because everyone around me is saying, Well, I don't trust the vaccine. I'm not gonna take it. That's almost as bad as when Cuomo said he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't let the vaccine come into New York State because it was introduced it was being offered by the Trump administration. Fear dictates actions. Okay, it's real. And if you think I'm joking, if you think that's not real, well, guess what? Fear dictated my actions that got me into 12-step recovery and got me off the booze. Fear dictates my actions when it comes to my health. Because the reality is, if I don't take my blood pressure medication, I risk having further complications and possibly heart conditions that could be potentially fatal because it runs in the family. Okay? My father had high blood pressure and my grandmother had high blood pressure. So I have to do what I have to do to keep it down. When I was told I was diabetic, I made radical changes to my diet to guarantee that I could drop some weight. Well, I haven't dropped as much as I would like to, and it goes up and down like a yo-yo. But I'm not giving up. At the same time, I take medication for epilepsy. Now imagine, if you will, Gunslinger, I stopped taking my medicine for epilepsy. Well, guess what? I run the risk of going into a seizure, followed by another one, and another one, and another one. And people with epilepsy have been known to die from, from, too, from, too many, from having too many seizures at one clip. The brain can't handle that kind of overload. Okay? So if I don't take my, my medicine for that, I risk my life. I take a blood thinner because of what, what, what happened to me in 2014 when it was discovered I had multiple blood clots in both my lungs. It was either take the blood thinner or have a blood clot go to my heart, my lung, or go to my heart or my brain, killing me instantly. So if my doctor says to me, George, yes, you have allergies to dust and pollen, but not so severe that you can't take this medicine. 
that you can't get this vaccine. Would I sit there and go, well, Doc, you know, I, I've heard all the, I've heard all the, all the, all, I've heard from CNN and MSNBC, you know, that, that it's not safe, it's this, it's that, it's the other. Um, hmm. You know what my doctor's going to do to me? Smack me on the back of my head like Gibbs does to Denozo on NCIS and say to me, you're being a dumbass, you're being a fool. You're playing with your life. Before you so go, how much money did you get? Grand total. Hmm? It's a choice. Uh, 25 inches over two feet. What was that? Shit, 25 inches. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Is that all? That was enough. Is that all? <laughs> That was enough. I mean, I mean, I'm, I look out my window right now, and it's it, it is a it is a blanket of snow everywhere you look, and it's like, I mean, now check this out. When the snow stopped, or was getting ready to stop. The plows were coming through. Now, this place, the place I live in uses contractors to plow the, road, plow the roads inside the complex. Okay. And they've got people, enough people to shovel the walkways and use snowblowers on the sidewalks. Do you know when they actually finally got to use a snowblower and shovels? To get, so I could get out of this building. Three o'clock this afternoon, the guy is shoveling out the path, going from the the door that to the entrance to my building, out to the sidewalk. And he shovels it. Now check this out. He shovels out the walkway. He gets to the curb, and he sh- he shovels a path. No, he didn't. He didn't do it right then and there. He stopped, and then he went on to something. He went on to another place. In the meantime, the sidewalk outside, right outside my building, had not been taken care of with a snowblower. So, when one guy started to do it at around three twenty, he stopped. I'm like, what the hell? Then around four or four fifteen, the snowblower is out. There's a snowblower going by. They finally get the get that out to do that. They clear a path going to go out into the road at the curb. That's around four fifteen, four twenty this afternoon, give or take. I've got pictures that show the that show the timestamp and everything. But then, just before I went on the air tonight, the snowblowers were out there again at around 9.45. They could have had this all done before lunchtime today, the entire complex, 
if they had actually done it right. But these contractors are milking it for all it's worth. I don't know what kind of a contract they have, but they milk this shit. And then I'm standing at, at my window here in, here in the studio. I'm standing by the, the, the big picture, win, the big uh, bay window, and I look out, and they're, they're, this is at 10 minutes to 10. They're taking, they're, they're finally salting the sidewalks after the sun has gone down. And then I hear them, loud as hell, complaining that you know they want you know that they're they they want to go home I'm telling you man this storm brought out the stupid in people this one lady this is early this morning when I first got up this one lady the snow hadn't been plowed yet on the road and it was piled up underneath her car. She's trying to get up the hill past my house and she couldn't do it. Automatic front wheel drive. She's sliding everywhere. Her, her tires are spinning. I'm like, people need to learn how to fucking drive in this stuff. If that had been me, I would have been, I'd have rolled back, hit some dry pavement, and then hit the gas carefully and, and just went slow and steady. Because if you try to gun it, you're spinning your wheels. And that's what she did. But we got over two feet of snow. I couldn't get out of my house today, and I wanted to go over to the deli. I wanted to get something, you know, I wanted to get a couple of things. But I couldn't. And because I don't have any boots, I wasn't about ready to walk in my sneakers through snowbanks. Or through a mountain of snow and not able to see where the fucking steps are to step off on the path. That's how deep the snow went. It literally covered, because there are three steps to get to the sidewalk. They're long steps. And because I couldn't see where they were, I wasn't about ready to fall on my fucking fat ass. Trust me, brother. This first snowstorm of the year was a bitch. And the fools that that are contracted to clear it, I wouldn't hire them to 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 to, 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 sh- to, to dig a ditch, much less shovel snow. You know. There's that way. Be thankful. You're lucky you live in Texas. You know that. You're so lucky you live down there that you don't have to deal with this kind of insanity. I've got a cousin who lives in uh, South Carolina, down in Spartanburg. And he and I had a quick conversation in a thread with one of the it was with one of the videos I posted on Facebook of the snow, the the shot from my bedroom window last night. And 
I was talking about, you know, we're looking at a white Christmas, and, you know, we don't, he says, we don't get those here. I said, well, you're always welcome to come back to New York to, to, to experience a white Christmas. And he goes, I'm paraphrasing, of course, no thanks. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Well, you want a white Christmas, you got to be where the snow falls. Anyway, Gun, it's about that time where we got to wrap up and get on out of here. I am pushed and beat. Gunslinger, thanks for being here, brother. You have yourself a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. All right, you too. And for all of you watching and listening by archives, thanks for tuning in. I'm George Sinzer, and for the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective. Y'all be good. If you can't be good, be careful. If you can't be careful, please, for the love of God, do not name it after me. That's all I ask. Simple request. A humble request. But it's there. Until next time, we'll be here if you will. And if anything breaks during the course of the weekend, Firefox News Online will be here to bring it to you. Fair, balanced, and always responsible. That being said, however, time to put it out there. It's called the closing. <laughs>